Welcome back, everybody. So, today we're going to be discussing the um, syndrome known as polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. I've referenced it a lot in my episodes. It's something that I've had since puberty. And today I'm going to delve into it a little bit more so people kind of understand why it was so paramount that I got help with it and why the failure to get help with it led to a lot more issues later on in life. So polycystic ovarian syndrome, as defined by Mayo Clinic, is a hormonal disorder common among women of reproductive age. Women with PCOS may have infrequent or prolonged menstrual periods or excess male hormone androgen levels. The ovaries may develop numerous small collections of fluids, known as follicles, and fail to regularly release eggs. The exact cause of PCOS is unknown. Early diagnosis and treatment along with weight loss may reduce risk of long-term complications such as type 2 diabetes and heart disease. So what, dis discussing a couple of the symptoms, uh, the main three ones are irregular periods, excess androgen, and polycystic ovaries. So let's discuss what a cyst is basically. So a cyst is a fluid-filled sac. And it can consist of anything. It can have just plain old uh, fluid that builds up in it. It can be uh, a cyst that is able to block a hormone uh, pathway. It can do a lot of different things. I, in fact, actually had a cyst on my left wrist when I was a teenager uh, on the um, posterior part of my arm. Uh, so basically, when you bend your wrist, there was a large lump on my left uh, hand. And I accidentally popped it in high school by smacking my, my wrist against the wall. Completely accidental. I don't even remember why or what happened. I think I literally just turned and hit the wall the wrong way, and the cyst popped. That's not so easy when it comes to it being on your ovaries. So when I turned 12 was the first time I had my period. And I had it once, literally in the middle of a dance performance competition where I was unprepared for it, and it was an oh shit moment. I had no options. I was thankful we were wearing red underwear for our performance because it was able to hide it, but I didn't get my period again until I was 15. And so it was really weird because I was expecting to start getting my period at 12. I told my mom about it. You know, she brought me pads. We prepped for it because then it was going to suck and it didn't occur. I had some spotting occasionally and then I hit 15 in high school and I had a couple months worth of periods once in a while. When I turned 17 is when my period stopped altogether and by this time I had already hit puberty in the sense of starting to develop secondary sexual characteristics. However, I didn't develop like I should have. Um, because I had more androgen hormones, aka testosterone, um, going around in my system, I developed more of a male characteristic. So my shoulders were broader, uh, my hips were not flaring out the way they should, my breasts didn't develop as fully as they should have originally. Um, I was very good at stuffing my bra just to kind of make things a little bit 
more even. It was really embarrassing to be overweight. It was also very embarrassing to be overweight and ha not have the large breasts that are supposedly supposed to come with being overweight. Every other girl I knew who was large had these voluptuous breasts that would come along with it and that just didn't happen for me. <laughs> so I faked it. And um, the other thing that developed for me was facial hair. I have, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm Mexican, so Mexican women are prone to be very hairy with dark hair to begin with. However, because of the excess testosterone, I developed more patches I, and more facial hair than a lot of women tend to. And for some women, this is normal. They, they, they get just as much uh, estrogen as they need. There's no problem with them. They just develop more facial hair than uh, other women. In my case, this wasn't normal because I wasn't having my uh, disease treated. And so I didn't develop the feminine body that I really needed. It, it caused a lot of psychological problems. But what it also caused was an inability to lose weight. Um, I was actually starving myself at 14 at one point, and I dropped down two sizes within a month and a half. And of course, you know, everybody was like, yay, because nobody was really concerned about the actual health risks of it. It was the mid-2000s, early 2000s, all people cared about was how thin you could get. And it was high school. I mean, put all of these together, this is what's going to happen. So, um... What they think might actually occur with PCOS is the fact that even though they don't actually know what causes it, they've noticed things that tend to correspond with it. So a lot of people tend to think that if you're fat, you'll be diabetic. There's a lot of research in the last 10 to 15 years that's actually started to really shift the blame away from that because honestly, it wasn't the person's fault to begin with, even if they were in a high caloric uh, diet or anything like that. Um, I've known many people who are on a high caloric diet and burn through it perfectly, uh, even as family members. Some of my family members, no matter what they eat, they can't gain weight because they burn through all of it. And maybe their sibling might have the exact si si uh, opposite problem and they're diabetic. So what they've noticed is that one of the factors that tends to occur with this is excess insulin. So for those who don't know what occurs with diabetes, basically your body is either getting too much insulin or not getting any insulin. Type 1 is when you don't make it. Uh, it's an autoimmune disorder, and when you don't make insulin, you die. Uh, type 2, you might actually make too much of it. So in my case... Uh, I was actually eating a very high caloric diet, which tended to coincide with uh, Mexican culture. I mean, that's just how we are. We like a lot of our comfort foods. And the excess insulin was present because of two specific uh, reasons. Um, I was prone to pumping out excess insulin naturally because of my PCOS, but uh, I was also eating a very high caloric diet as a Mexican. So excess insulin causes a couple different things. One of them is known as acanthosis nigricans. 
The other issue is that it starts to make the receptors on your cells less receptive to insulin. So the body will keep pumping out insulin piece after piece after piece in order to try and lower the blood glucose that's going around in your system. And your body's just not responding to it. For those who don't know, blood glucose uh, for a normal person of non-diabetic range tends to be anywhere between 90 to 100 milligrams per deciliter. So really tiny. Basically, how much sugar is in your blood? And anyone above 110 consistently to about 160 or so tends to be pre-diabetic. It, it, it varies. It varies for, per person. But uh, I was diagnosed as full-blown uh, full diabetic uh, by the time I actually was <clears throat> aware of it. So other issues that occur with uh, PCOS are low-grade inflammation, uh, something that makes sense to me because I've always had joint problems, even before my knees were damaged. Uh, I have a tendency to roll my ankles, which you would think wouldn't be a, a problem with a dancer. You would think that my ankles would be very strong, but I actually have ligaments in my ankles on the exterior that tend to, for lack of a better word, pop off of the bone a little bit, and it causes me to roll my ankle. I've, in fact, sprained myself so badly a couple times. I've had to practically use the cane just in order to walk with one leg. Um, they say that it's hereditary. They're, they're, they, might, they suggest a link uh, to PCOS with it being hereditary, and it makes sense in my family. My mother had difficulty conceiving me. In fact, she had two failed um, tries prior to me. And uh, my grandmother had either, I believe it was either, uh, it was either her cervical or uterine um, part of her reproductive system that had cancer. Regardless, she had to have a complete hysterectomy. So reproduction in my family has not gone really well. One of my aunts also has PCOS. It, it's very common in my family. One of my cousins has it. It's, it's extremely common. And one of the other things that tends to occur with it is excess androgens. So the ovaries produce a high allow, uh, 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 higher levels of androgens. So um, I didn't get acne per se a lot, but I would get like one or two places where I would just constantly break out, um, especially around when I should have technically been having my period. So I would have cycles of it. So the complications that basically occur because of PCOS are infertility, uh, gestational diabetes, if you manage to get to that point, uh, miscarriages or premature births. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different things, type 2 diabetes and prediabetes, uh, sleep apnea, which I didn't technically have, but I did have trouble sleeping. Uh, depression, anxiety, and eating disorders, that was pretty routine for me. And, you know, cancer of the uterine lining, which, or endometrial type cancers. It was not surprising to read a lot of these different things, as well as obesity. So what this also plays into in terms of my body is the fact that I didn't get it taken care of before I was 19. When I went to college, I went to the clinic because I hadn't had my period in two years. I was worried about this, but I had been told 
by my father that, um, and my mother, that I wasn't needing to go to the doctor because I wasn't doing anything, so I didn't need to worry. However, that didn't fly with me because I was a scientific child and knew that there was something wrong. So when I finally got diagnosed, I was placed on birth control. I haven't been on birth control for a long time now, actually, but uh, that's a point for later. And when I was placed on birth control, I finally started to get my period in, and in like clockwork, it started to occur. And even now, it, it still occurs like clockwork. Eventually, I went off the, p the pill. Um, let's see, maybe four or so years ago. And it wasn't that my husband and I were trying, well, then boyfriend, but it wasn't that we were trying to get pregnant. It was just, we didn't care if I got pregnant or not. We figured, okay, if I wound up getting pregnant, we'd go to civil, we'd go to the court, get quick married. And then this way for my husband, because he's a little old fashioned, uh, you know, everything would be good. So it's never happened. Uh, we've had a few possible scares where we weren't, where we weren't sure, especially when we had very little money if I was, but I've never actually gotten pregnant. And the problem with not addressing PCOS until later is that you don't know if it's created sterility or not. And the only way to really go find out is to go to a fertility doctor and find out if you are in fact sterile or if you can still conceive. However, because of how long it's taken me to figure out what was wrong and because of the fact that it's just extremely difficult for diabetics to give birth in, in general. One second, everybody. Sorry about that. Had to calm the palm down. So um, the reason that having not had my PCOS treated early on has really caused issues is the fact that I'm 31 by the time I try to have children, it's going to be dangerous. And yes, there are medical things that have made, me medical advancements that have made it easier, but you have to take into account that I'm diabetic. I've had this disease, this PCOS, since I was very young and it wasn't treated. And for me to try and take care of a child physically, internally, and bring a child full term is going to be a very, very difficult and draining job for my body. And this isn't me trying to be stingy. It's me being realistic about what's going to happen, especially after I give birth. If I have a cesarean section, I'm going to have a scar and I already have to deal with um, skin fold issues because of the inability to lose weight when I was a teenager. And then I have to take into account raising an actual baby. Because if you think about it, I'm already chronically ill. I'm already in pain constantly. I'm already exhausted constantly, both physically and mentally. And my husband's able to take care of a child, make no mistake. But I don't want to have to put it all on him like that. And I know it's difficult to raise a child and honestly I'm not sure emotionally I can handle raising a child in terms of teaching a person to be themselves independently 
as well as be the parent that they need. I've watched it go generation after generation in my family where they've tried to fix what was done to them and they wind up failing because they themselves never really dealt with what was wrong. And I realize that in and of itself might make me a good parent to begin with, but I don't want to put that on a child. I don't want that expectation of I'm going to fix everything for you. It shouldn't be that poor child's responsibility to fulfill all of my dreams. And I know that's kind of what every parent does. And it's no judgment in a sense. It's more so of a, I know better. I know who I am. I know what my family's like. And I've watched every branch of the family tree try to fix and screw up somewhere else. And I don't really think I have enough room in my heart and my soul and conscience to deal with possibly destroying or even messing up in some small form as a parent. It, it terrifies me. I've got a lot of respect for my friends who do have children because of that. And unfortunately, this is the result of my father not taking care of my hormonal issues when they should have been taken care of, even as a doctor. I, especially as a doctor and a pharmacist. This should have been taken care of. He should have taken care of his child's medical issues. And he crippled me in multiple ways because of it. Not just in the ability to have children, not just in the diabetic aspect, but the inflammation due to my knees, due to both damage, due to, to the two accidents for each knee, the martial arts one and being dropped in dance. He crippled me and he did it with my own body. And PCOS is a very difficult disease to deal with. It's a never ending struggle of how, how do I manage both constantly having, constantly having my period every month to make sure that I'm healthy and make sure that everything's working, but also have the constant reminder that yet again, there is no baby. So thank you for sitting through this uh, discussion about PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and please continue to listen in for the more brighter, less gruesome uh, episodes. Take care.